Welcome to another episode of the Investors Corner. And this week we are joined by Georgina. We are going to talk about landlords increasing rents today. First of all, Georgina, you've got many, many years working with landlords, working in property. How is life? How is your business? Yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's great. Uh, after teaming up with Sarah, we've, uh, yeah, we're growing it. Um, and uh, yeah, it's great to have somebody else on board um, to uh, for support and to to continue what we're the ultimate goal. So yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's good to see the the business double in size and double in experience as well, because both you and Sarah have obviously spent a long time working with landlords and property investors and the like. So this morning before uh, jumping on this podcast, I just had a look at one of the kind of property investing websites and the data suggested that we're nearly up to 75% of landlords have or will be by the end of the year increasing their rent. So it is a little bit out of control with rental prices at the moment. I know we spoke about it more, but I think on this particular podcast, it would be good to kind of really digest why is it happening? What are all of the different reasons that rents are going up at a higher rate than what they would do? Because they are above inflation now. And normally they kind of sit fairly steady, don't they, like house prices? But it is a little bit out of control with the rentals at the moment. So... Yeah. Why do we think that's happening, Andy? Let's go around the room. I'll go to you first. Well, I think it's it's to do with obviously the the lettings environment. So you've got more sort of applicants renewing their tenancies, not being in a position to to buy a property, which is having a an effect on on the supply. Um, you've got stuff happening with mortgage rates, obviously still still quite high, although we've seen them sort of decreasing over a period of time. They're still high. People can't afford to to buy a property now obviously with mortgage rates at the the rates that they are rental prices increasing the way that they are we'll probably end up seeing sort of a mortgage monthly payment compared to a rental payment and rental payments actually becoming more expensive than than trying to get trying to get a mortgage so yeah like i said more more tenancies renewing more people looking for rental property because they can't afford to buy that's 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 what's having an effect on it, really. We had a landlord in the office yesterday talking about their buy-to-let and what they were going to do with it because their mortgage, they've been paying an interest-only mortgage and it's been just over 200 quid a month. Rent is 12.50 or something like that. Yeah. But that's about to go up to 900. So it's about to go from 200 to 900. And they're now looking at it with their accountant and saying, does it work? Does it actually make sense? But the, the conversation was, well, how much of the rent can be passed on to the tenant? How much can it be increased to make it work? And I think the difficult thing for the tenant at the moment is they've got no choice but mm. to just accept that. Yeah, I think this is the the issue, actually, um, with landlords who aren't increasing the rent year on year. Maybe they don't want to, to be the bad guy and do that, but actually it's the knock-on effect uh, not doing that is that suddenly now... Um, they're almost having to catch up and, and hike the rent up uh, to be able to afford their mortgage payments. Yeah, it's difficult. I think your first point in answer was FOMO, mm. you know, the fear, the fear of missing out. We saw that with the sales market, didn't we, with stamp duty yeah. holiday, shortage of properties, buyers were panicking, overpaying on properties. They knew they were overpaying and they were happy to overpay because the fear of missing out was there. And it seems to be with tenants now, that's the challenge they've got at the moment is I went and sat with my tenant about two or three weeks ago and they've got a little one in a, in a one bed. 
and mm. they do need to move out of my property. They know that, I know that, uh, but they can't find anywhere. Yeah. So I'm obviously not going to kick them out. I know I could get at least £100, maybe £125 a month more than they're paying. But from a moral point of view, that's not the goal. The goal is to try and help them find. So I put them in touch with a mortgage advisor. We're looking at other properties. But in reality, they are a little bit stuck. Mm. And I think that's the big issue for tenants at the moment. Why is it happening, Mike? Let's go, let's go down to the to the nitty gritty of it if we look back over the last kind of four or five years why is this happening now so section 24 tax relief kicked in um and sort of started biting really i think two years ago so landlords get taxed on the full rental income um, and can only get tax relief on mortgage interest at basic level rates so that didn't really affect people when they were paying one and a half, two percent interest. But if you're paying five and six percent interest on your mortgage, suddenly your mortgage payment matches your rental income, but you're paying tax on the different on the, the middle twenty percent because most landlords are forty percent taxpayers. Let's be honest. Mm. Um, so they're paying tax on a loss. Um, the landlord you mentioned, I've got a small gripe with with that landlord that is known as mortgage rate was going to go up for the last year and a half and he's been making a thousand pounds a month profit for the last year and a half and he should have kind of planned and maybe held some of the money back and then you can just kind of cost price average it out for the next two years until we see a more average mortgage rate or probably I know in two years time I'm gonna throw my hat on the table and say I'll probably remortgage it three and a half four percent and everything will be normal but the reason it's coming out in the wash now is section 24 tax relief was kind of all designed around the mortgage rates that were the normal for 14 years now mortgage rates have gone from an average of two percent to six percent or whatever the averages are that's really biting landlords hard so they're paying tax on a loss and having to hike the rents just to break even and i think we, you touched on mortgage rates and you're talking to buyers, you're talking to tenants, to landlords, to sellers. But I think mortgage rates at, at the level they are at the moment, we want to, and logic says, and even educated guess says, in 24 months time, if you're doing a fixed term today on your mortgage for two years, in 24 months time, the rates are going to be lower than they are today. That's, that's what we're likely to see. If you're paying 5.5% interest rate today, there's a very good chance you're going to be paying 3.75, 3.8 in two years' time, something along those lines, four even, you know, percent and a half is different. So it's not like you're going to pay, in this case scenario, £900, an increase from 200 to £900 forever. It's mm -hmm. just for this window. Mm, and yeah. you've just had your cake. Exactly. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. the and you point I'm making. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and you yeah. gobbled it all up. <laughs> you should have put a you should have put put a couple of slices in the fridge yeah. to yeah. to average things out. <laughs> if we're continuing yeah. with the analogy. Yeah. Two years of crackers. Um, <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of crackers chat on this podcast. <laughs> yeah. So talk to me about the the Reading market. We won't talk about Reading football at the moment because no. we don't know what's going on there. No. But let's talk about the Reading property market. You've worked, lived, breathed it for, for many, many years, over a decade. How is it at the moment in general for property investors? So it's obviously always a, a buoyant market. Um, 
we're seeing more and more um, talks about new developments that are going to be built. So um, it is very oversaturated with a lot of flats, um, but the demand is there. There's always going to be uh, the people that perhaps come out of London. If you've got, you know, something in the town centre, um, it's so easy to commute. People don't necessarily need to worry about parking. The only thing it doesn't help is the local residents who are still fighting and scrambling to find somewhere to live. Um, so as a landlord, it's always uh, a popular choice uh, for investors um, because uh, the, there's always the demand. Um, the yields we're seeing are, are ever increasing as well, obviously, with everything that, that's going on with uh, such a shortage of the supply as well. So you say about saturation, is that for sales or for rentals? Um, probably more for sales, actually. You'd, you'd see um, people buying something perhaps a, a new build flat and then actually not making their money back on uh, on buying them so if you're looking at a long-term investment then yes absolutely a, a flat's a good a good option but if it's only a a shorter term then then it's not not so much where I would put my money personally yeah I mean there's there's markets opening up in Reading me and Ian, Ian and I uh, experienced that this month we went to visit the Thames quarter which is what, 350 build-to-rent flats? Mm-hmm. An enormous tower in the middle of the town. And the rents that they're achieving in there are insane. Yeah. They've got a 99% occupancy rate, something crazy like that. Average two-bedroom flat is knocking on for £2,000 a month. Yeah, the clientele it's... is amazing. The building's amazing. Yeah, um, The communal areas are are a big sell for that. Yeah, I think, as my well. understanding is there's around about twelve hundred more of those flats in the pipeline in Reading, at the Oracle, at the Station Hill, mm. at the Broad Street Mall. If it's is it still called the Broad Street Mall? I always call it the Butts, but I'm old school. That's, yeah, that's that's nineties. <laughs> <90s. laughs> don't know what we're branding yet, but there's there's thousands of these yeah. build to rent flats now. How do you think that's going to affect the regular Joe landlord out there? Yeah, I think there's, for the average ones, um, it's, is it going to be an option for them? I think we're looking at more the serial investors that will go for these type of ones um, rather than, um, you know, the person who's perhaps an accidental landlord or just wants to buy one buy-to-let property. Um but there, there'll be so much option um, and scope to do that that uh, that yeah, hopefully we we could uh, th- those ones will be reached. Is it we- going to cause that saturation of of properties where it's difficult to rent a flat in Reading, or is there just a never ending supply of tenants? You said yourself, what was it, ninety nine percent something like that, yeah, yeah. Um, And and yeah, as I say, people, you know, if you, if you look at the the prices of say renting in London. If somebody, you know, with Crossrail and everything, it's not actually that hard to get back into London. So we will see more people moving out, I think. Um, and uh, yeah, that's where the the demand is there. Otherwise, they wouldn't be being built um, or even in the pipeline to be built rather. So, yeah, I think it's um, it's 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 almost a shame because it's almost it's losing the heart of the town um, and it just being flat. So for the locals, it's um yeah, I know I shouldn't say it because, you know, it's the agency head, but, um, you know, they need to offer something back in terms of services rather than just building all the flats and, and not putting anything back in. I think employment levels at the moment in the UK are are pretty desperate, you know, for, for labour, aren't they? So I think if it is bringing the ability to support the hospital or whatever it may be, 
then it potentially on a long-term basis is a good thing. I think where with the saturation question where people were worried when inevitably this was going to happen and we were going to see banks and investors and funds, et cetera, start to launch these massive units of 250, 350 apartments. What people were worried about is they were going to undercut the standard property investor and landlord. Mm. They were going to come in with 300 properties and go, well, we just want 100% occupancy. Let them all for a thousand where market rates 1250. Actually, they've gone in and they've done the opposite. Yeah. The they've, done, they've done the new home versus mm. residential yeah. home analogy in, in residential sales. And they've gone, well, we're a new home. So we will set, fetch a premium. And mm. as much as the residents don't like a new home site of a good quality developer coming in because they're worried about the increase of traffic, etc. What a good new home site does, it pushes the premium prices and the average prices up for everything within a half mile radius because there's a new benchmark. Yeah. And that's yeah. what these rentals are doing as well. So although there may be more competition, I don't think the competition's the same. In the same way that maybe the competition that buys a new home is not the same competition that's gonna yeah. buy the four bed detached on the 1980s estate. It's mm -hmm. just they're not the same demographic of buyer and I don't think they're the same demographic of tenant. Um, definitely not the ones that we saw anyway. No. <laughs> you know, they're not looking on right move, are they? You know? No, they're being, no. They're being transported and, and 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 placed in this with a, a concierge style service rather than ringing round and, and making inquiries at nine o'clock at night they're just it's more of a booking.com system i'll book that flat for for 18 months and and then i'm there and i'm gone yeah two stat bombs there's the grenade um <laughs> from zoopla this month actually stat bomb one Two in three buyers at the moment are either a first-time buyer or a cash buyer. The upsizers have become the minority. And we know that because we expected it to happen because of the stamp duty holiday. The other stat bomb that's more relevant to this conversation is the last five-year average of either cash buyers or investment buyers was 20% of the market. It's now 33% of the purchasers in this particular kind of 12 month rolling window. So 33%, a full third of buyers are either cash or property investors that are buying on transactions at the moment. And I don't think a lot of people expected to see that at the start of the year because of the whole fear factor of what we were seeing. But it would appear that cash buyers and property investors are not double, but a solid plus 60% up on where they were on a five year average why do you think that's happening, Andy? Interest rates are high, doom and gloom in the media. Mm. Why are they coming out to buy in this market? Well, I think it, with what's happening with house prices at the moment and the, and the media that you see that house prices are sort of coming down, I think there's, there's bargains out there to be had, isn't there, for property investors, um, cash buyers. You know, if, if they see a property that's been on the market for three, four, five months and nothing's happened on it and they come in as a cash buyer and put in a cheeky offer and it gets accepted because they're desperate that they that they need to move, then they're getting some bargains. So financially it works out it works out for them. Um same with with property investors as well. As property property investors that are probably buying at the moment are you seasoned property investors, probably not ones that are starting out. You might have ones that are starting out on you know, one bed flats, two bed flats, then, then renting it out. Because I've seen some properties out there that you look at it and you think, oh, yeah, that's amazing. 
amazing price. And they're, like I said, they're desperate to move. I'm seeing a lot of people going through split ups at the moment um, and being in a position where they need to <laughs> get out as story of the last three get years, out as quickly it? as possible. You know, they don't want to don't want to be associated with each other. I've had a couple of them couple of them last week actually um but they seem to be coming out of the woodwork so yeah it's just people's onward move that you know their, their position that they that they need to move they want to move they're not holding out for the highest price which is allowing investors and and cash buyers to come in and and get the property that they need for a decent price and, and a great investment yeah yeah, I think opportunity, we, mm. we, we've spoken about it and said, and we were ridiculed on some of social media channels by kind of the people that thought the housing market was going to crash 30% this year. <laughs> we've got two months to go. And, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think it's a full moon tomorrow, so I'm yeah. sure they'll be barking yeah. at it. But I think in, in realistic terms, opportunity is there for those cash buyers. And I, I always say to any of my friends and family or or clients for that matter, if they are on the buying side of the market at the moment, November and December is your best opportunity mm. to, to strike a deal, to strike an opportunity. The people that are selling that are still on the market are the most motivated and the buyers that are out there are of a lower volume. So you have less competition, there's better opportunity to strike a, to strike a deal. Um, and I think that's probably why it is, you know, I think they've they've taken advantage and that's why good people kind of buy their investments on the down curve, whether it's stock, shares, property, whatever it may mm. be. If you're buying on the down curve, you know, it's going to go up. And if we use that analogy that we spoke about before of the £200 increase to the 900 the £700 difference, if you can go and get the property at £35,000 less than what you would have paid 12 months mm. ago, that's just over four years of mortgage payments before you break even. And it's not like you're buying it for a residential where you're spending another £700 a month out of your own income. You're just not making £700 a month profit. You're making less profit, but you're still in the yeah. win. Otherwise, you wouldn't get the mortgage. It wouldn't be allowed. So I think it's important to talk about that because sometimes the data can be spoken about incorrectly and it's when you look at percentages and changes, it's important to, to look at the whole landscape, I think, as well. Yeah. Will it carry on? Are we going to see 75% of landlords for the next three years, every single year, looking to push rents up at this level? Are we going to be in a position in five years' time where the £2,000 a month that we look at and go, wow, on a two-bedroom in central Reading is just the norm for all of them and, and they're two and a half, you know, two, seven, two, eight. Will that be the case in five years' time? And I think it's it's important to put our opinion out there because that impacts the buying decisions for investors, the buying decisions for tenants becoming first-time buyers, and also for us as agents that are obviously operating. But is that the expectation or not? I think inflation will slow mm. as for for rental house prices. Um, I can't speak for inflation as a, as a as a general that seems to bounce around all over the place depending on whether you're a petrol buyer or not. Mm -hmm. um, I was at a seminar on Friday with some very, very sort of high level compliance and lawyery type people like to sounds, take everything with a pinch really of fun. salt. <laughs> <laughs> but um, their stat that they came back with was in London, um, rentals are roughly 40% of people's income mm. now. 40% of your income goes on rent. Now, we know on an affordability check, we run around about 30%. Yeah. So yeah. 
the average, that's not just the top, that's the average of what someone's spending is about 30% over what they should be spending from their disposable money on rent. And that's not taking into account that everything else in their life has got more expensive anyway. Outside of London, the number is around about 33%. So it's a question of sustainability. Mm. A landlord would rather have a good rent that is paid than a high rent that a, la- that a tenant defaults on. So I think market forces from the affordability side of things has to say that this inflation will continue going up, but it's got to slow at some point. Do you see what I did there right at the end? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Just gave myself a little bit of space. (laughs) I'm going to just, I like stats, you know, I like stats, but on that particular one there in London, people earn more money. So the 40 to the 30 to the 33% difference, I don't think it's the number to look at. The percentage is not the number to look at because if the average salary in London is 55 grand a year and outside of it, it's 30 grand a year, it's the pounds and pence swing. Still, the London person has more free cash than the home counties person. So it's still relevant. So it's almost, for me, it's interesting to see that in London, the percentage is higher, but the actual leftover cash is also is still, a higher amount of cash. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so it's still okay. It's, it's, it's again, it's how you kind of look at the data and go, that's a problem. I'd look at it and go, no, it isn't. I think it depends on your position in the market as well. There's a there's a group of people who are on fixed salaries. Yeah, who really will struggle with it. Um, you know, in the health service teachers etc 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 where they can't affect yeah can't affect the amount of income that they have which is at the probably the the one and two bedroom flat market where they can't move upwards will struggle with it those who are it professionals or in banking or whatever blah 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 who are spending the two and a half three four thousand pounds on rent are probably within that bracket that you say so yeah i'm spending 40 percent of my income on rent but my income's 20 grand a month anyway. So shrug. Yeah. I'm all right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm okay. Yeah. I'm still buying the most expensive Starbucks yeah. three times a day. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and, and that is, that is something that I think will be interesting to see what, what does the prices do? And I think the tenant quality as well, you know, when we were doing rentals eight years ago, we were really, really looking at the type of tenant. We were thinking, right, what job, what profession are they in? Mm. Where are they out with kids? Where are they out with pets? Mm. Who's earning? Is it a couple moving in with one income or two incomes? We were really trying to make sure the landlord was secure in the right way because unemployment levels were a little bit higher than they were before. So that had an impact because we were what we were trying to do is secure a void period and make sure that didn't happen. Whereas now it's actually... <laughs> it's a bidding war, isn't it? Yeah. For tenants. So it, the choice is quite simple. You just look at them and obviously you, you, the, the landlord makes a decision based on that. Yeah. And it's harder to pick a tenant because where before, you know, years ago, you used to have, you know, one, te- one applicant coming in that earn over 100k. And then you might have had three applicants that earn 30k. The landlord always used to look at the salary and go, right, I'm going to pick that one. But now you could have five offers come through where the applicants are all earning above 100k so the landlord's like well, can't I don't make know. the choice between them <laughs> yeah. so, just yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll pick the middle one well let's play trump cards with tenants then you know this is pro- <laughs> property investors investors landlords listening there will be tenants listening as well and this will help them too this is 
not necessarily our opinion, but it's just the market. If you were to rank tenants, you know, in one to 10 based on profession, et cetera, et cetera, what is the ultimate tenant moving into a three bedroom end of terrace property? What What is the perfect tenant when you're looking at, they're all paying the same price. So we're thinking void period, longevity, uh, security, we're looking, obviously, looking after the property, et cetera, et cetera. What's, what's the perfect tenant? Who are you moving in there, Georgina? This is your property. For me, it's families, because if you've got families with kids of a certain age that are particularly primary school age, they want to stay. They, they're not going to want to move around and move their kids around and potentially move their kids' school because they can't find another rental property within that area. So for me, it's families. Um, whether they've got pets, I mean, I've I've always been a you know, a big fan of tenants having pets. I feel like they look after the property better. Um, I know that obviously it's, you can't discriminate against that anymore. Um, but uh, it's, um, I think kids destroy a house more than pets anyway, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that for the long term, for somebody treating it like their home as well, I think that's, um, that they're the better ones rather than, I mean, sharers have always been, uh, landlords have often wanted to stay away from them. You never know what you're going to get, but um, statistically that they're, they're not, as likely to stay as long or look after it as well if, if it's a young professional sharers um you know a couple who don't yet have children have no tie to a certain area so again um they, they might flit off after a year or two's rental so for me it's it's the long-term family renters that are the the, the best bet um in terms of a re- return on the investment what about you mike not far off that. I I still think families are the best for the same reasons that they'll, if they're in, they're in and they'll stick. Um, just putting a financial thing on that, I think Andy mentioned earlier, is how much headroom they've got on on the rent because mm. families obviously have higher outgoings than single yeah. people or couples. Couples with no they kids. They were to Dubai maybe. Yeah, well, that's so it. Couples with no kids have got massive headroom, but like you say, they're likely to be more transient in, in nature. What I'm looking for is ideally a, a family that have got decent headroom for the next two, three years, not moving in right on the line of affordability now. Yeah, I think I'd agree with um, Georgina and Mike on families are definitely something that I would I would prefer in, in my three-bedroom property. One of the things that I would ask those applicants is, why are they looking to move into this property? So if they turn around to me and say, look, my current landlord's selling, my children go to the school that is just around the corner, then I know they'd want to stay there for the next X amount of years. Um, again, I'd look at head rumours as, as well. You know, look at the salary compared to what rent they're going to pay. If we're looking right on the edge on affordability, I might look at it and think that's a bit risky. But have they previously rented before? What was their previous rent? You know, if they rented for four years previously at the same rent that what we're charging now, and we've got that land reference to say that they always paid rent on time, they looked after the property, then it wouldn't be a massive, a massive concern for me. So yeah, it's 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 headroom and why are they looking to to move to that to that property is the two two things that I would look at. Does profession have an impact as well? Are we at um, that stage? Because when we were renting properties in lockdown and in the pandemic, 
you know, you had to ask that question, you know, what which are the risky in yeah. hospitality? Okay. Maybe we step away was, yeah. was kind of the, NHS, the thinking. And then, you know, double income NHS couple was like the gold stamp trump yeah. card wasn't it it was the yeah. winner it was you are okay morally financially everything yeah absolutely yeah. Yeah. we need yeah. you we yeah. like you yeah. can I, mean, I have a mask yeah prof profession you'd obviously look at it because if you've got someone that's been employed for five years in executive position for the same company compared to someone that's been self-employed for 12 months and their first year's turnover was 35k i'd probably be bit you know concerned about self-employed person compared to that other person that i've got that i've got on the table um so yeah that's the only profession that, that i would look at look it doesn't matter what job you're in you could lose your job tomorrow the company could mm -hmm. fold tomorrow it it just doesn't it doesn't matter anything can happen tomorrow so really i don't i, I wouldn't look at it the only thing that i would look at is right are you on your own doing your own thing have you made a success of doing it? Of have you struggled being self-employed in the first twelve months, or have you been employed for five to ten years by the same company in an executive position and in a decent salary? You may have, or you may look at it like you've got more security with that with and this, that employed this, person. But yeah, this is very much the difference of using a an open rent or using mm. you know a private rental or using a a kind of factory style letting agency or using an agency there, they're going to have these questions around, you know, tenancy applications really, isn't it? It's the big difference. And I think that's something that's really important for landlords to be aware of. That's, that's why you're paying for someone is, is for that experience and that education. Um, in terms of the old days on this podcast, we used to fire a couple of questions at the end and I'm bringing them back today. I'm bringing them back. So what, Georgina, spotlight on you. What is going to happen next to the property market? Next 18 months. I think, dare I say, it's going to be a slight dip again. Slight. And then it's going to pick up again. I think the prices, interest rates are going to... Prices or transactions? Or a bit both. The prices. Um, and yeah, transactions. I think for, from here on till the end of the year, I think it will be slow, slower, um, and then pick up next year. Okay. Um, but yeah, I think with the interest rates, yeah, we're gonna they're gonna end up at sort of three, four percent, a bit more normal. And then people will be like, Oh, actually, house prices haven't crashed. Let's go out and buy the house that we want to buy. Um But they're a bit lower and you know, the margin on the up for the upsizes, the margin is probably as low as it may be for the next decade or or, or forever, potentially. Yeah. Because it's reduced, hasn't it? Whereas before it was growing out of control to go from a 350 to a 650 was a hell of a jump, whereas now it might be a 320 to a 570. It's a, it's a nice little kind of difference there compared to where it was before. And it may then continue to expand based on that. So with that in your mind, one of the other questions we used to ask what would be the perfect buy to let that you would buy if you had the funds the goal tomorrow you're pressing the button what are you buying 
You can't say uh, one of your Can stuff. I go really <laughs> like super specific on this? Yeah, yeah. have we got an address? <laughs> um, I've got this house on the market. Clients <laughs> <laughs> pay me the highest fee. <laughs> no, nothing like that. Um, for me personally, in, in my area, it would be something in maiden early catchment. They are just like gold dust. So primary school, secondary school. That is a secondary school. Secondary school. Early. Yeah, it's yep. a very very popular, very um, sought after. People will fight to get in it, and people will rent purely to to uh, to be within that catchment so um so you're using fomo from the tenants perspective as a good it's, it's a small which is a smart catchment. thing yeah, yeah. um people so, so yeah um, missing out. so if i if i was personally going to invest it would be in a, a family home in that in that specific school catchment um it's it's yeah it's it's the most highly regarded and for resale value they always get a premium in a certain yeah area those um, are the properties that are the last to go down and the first to go up, typically yeah. speaking. Yep. Which is a sensible. They're the ones that I want because they always sell and they always let. It's funny when when you talk to a landlord, you talk to a buyer. One of the key things, especially the families that we spoke about, is school catchments. But when you talk to an investment buyer, it's very rare. But they should be thinking about. They these should be. Things. It's very rare. They're normally <laughs> looking at other attributes, aren't they? They're looking at how much work do I have to do in it. Can I get below market value? <laughs> what are the, what's the comparables of the last three that have sold around there? What's the rent? What's they do a mathematic calculation on it rather than looking at the bigger picture. Look at the the heart of it because it's yeah. somebody's home at the end of the day. So well, it's probably the best advice that you can give to people watching. So thank you for coming on the podcast. Great me. to have you. Great conversation about uh, rental prices today. And I think if anyone is watching and you haven't subscribed yet, we would love you to. And if you've got questions for Georgina, you can uh, contact her on any of the socials. You type in Georgina and Sarah in Facebook, Instagram, uh, LinkedIn, Obviously, your your LinkedIn. What's your LinkedIn URL? Georgina dot. Just my name. Just Georgina dot Patey. I would have thought. Probably. Yeah. Well, I don't know. We'll Georgina doesn't this. know. So maybe <laughs> contact her on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. Thanks for coming on, and we'll be back next week on Friday. Thank you.